Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For the Rutgers coaching staff, it is time to grab their spears and their axe handles and get ready to go to war in recruiting. And for the people at Scarlet Report, it is no different. We are in the heart of recruiting season, and that means the end of the regular football season. I'm your host, by the way, Sam Hellman of the Rutgers Scout Cast, and I hope everyone enjoyed episode 38 and a half that dropped the other day. Wrapping up the season with Coach Chris Ash. This podcast will include a few questions and answers about the season, and it's also a chance to talk recruiting because this is when the wars start. It might be a time off or a time to rest if you're a football player or if you just or if you just cover what goes on on the field. But for the guys like myself, Brian Doan, behind the scenes that do all this recruiting stuff, this is the craziest two weeks of the year. And speaking of crazy, out of nowhere, I mean, RKO style, out of nowhere, Rutgers picks up a 2018 commitment, and he is my guest this week. That is Trill Williams. Trill plays in White Plains, New York. Uh, Archbishop Stepanak is the name of the school. He committed to Rutgers earlier this week, and I'll tell you what, I didn't see it coming. It was an interesting story of how he committed and how simple it was. And you're going to hear Trill talk about that in the body of the show. He's a 6'1.5", 6'2", about 180-pound corner. He ran a 4'8 laser at the opening, but again, don't read too much into that. That's perfectly fine speed-wise when you're talking about someone his age that's still growing and learning about how to run the laser time for the first opportunity in his life. He's a fast, competitive player, and he loves to go at it in press coverage, which, hey, that's exactly what Rutgers wants in their corners. So it's a bit of a truncated show this week because we did 38 and a half. Episode 39 will be a little bit shorter. We're going to jump into some wrap-up Q&A stuff after my conversation with Trill Williams. And as always, I remind you guys to go ahead and message me and hit me up about uh, free trial opportunities. Hit me up with questions for the mailbag Finally, we're able to take some more email questions this week. The subscribers over at Scarlet Report really packed in the questions so that they've kind of dominated the last few Q&As, but I was able to get some email questions and Twitter questions in for this mailbag. I think we're going to run about 20, 25 minutes today on the show, so hopefully it's long enough to get you from A to B on the turnpike. Enough of this palaver. Let's start the show. And the show starts with Rutgers cornerback athlete commit, Trill Williams. Welcome back to the Rutgers ScoutCast. I'm your host, Sam Hellman, and we have an exciting young guest this week. He hopes to be an impact player for Rutgers in the future, Trill Williams, 2018 commit. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Now, it's really early for someone in your age to commit. So what was that like to make that decision so early and verbally commit to Rutgers? 
I mean, to me, it feels like I got a, a headache out of the way, and it's like that, that's some that's some place I really wanted to go, and my family wanted me to go there, so I made it happen. What What is it about Rutgers that made you want to go there so badly? Um, Like, despite their bad season, I feel like they're going to rebuild, so I wanted to be a part of that. And have you been there before? Like, have you visited? How well do you know the coaches? It just it seems like it was a very fast decision, but you seem very confident in, in it. Yeah, I have been there for my junior day before the season started, and the coaches kept in contact with me um, every day from then. What coaches at Rutgers do you talk to the most, and what do you like about them? I talk to Coach Bill, um, Coach Ash, and um, what I like about them the most, like, they ask me about – my family, um, mostly stuff off the field more than on the field, so I like how they care about me. And uh, for you to commit this early, how did it happen? Like, walk me through the moment of committing and what, what made you want to pull the trigger. Um, I had called Coach Bill, and we was just, just discussing it, and um, I just happened to tell him that I would like to be a Scarlet Knight, so we made it happen. It was that simple, huh? Yeah. What is it about Rutgers that made you commit so early and what's it been like since then? I mean, people have probably been blowing up your Twitter celebrating the commitment. Yeah. Um, you know, I just felt like that's where I wanted to go. So I followed my, my heart and that's why it took me. Now I, I understand that you're pretty close with Shameen Jones, a wide receiver commit for Rutgers. Yeah. Uh, how do you know him and tell me about your relationship there? Um, he plays for Cardinal Hayes, which which is in the same league, same league as mine. So he he was he's the best receiver in our league, and um, I'm the best corner. So every time like we see each other, we know it's going to be a great matchup. So and like we we talked about working out in the off season together. So we became close after that. Was he someone that was recruiting you to Rutgers, or is this just a fun coincidence? No, he's like when he when he got recruited, he tried to get me to go there, and then. I bought into what he was saying, so it's like we're both on the same team now. Uh, what are those practice reps going to be like at Rutgers between you two? Uh, 100% every time. <laughs> I love yeah, it. So the, uh, funny, the, the funny, the funny thing was, um, we both tore ACL, so we never got a chance to go against each other in the um the season. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you about next. Actually, is how, how is the ACL? affected your recruitment because Rutgers obviously still loves you and it seems like other schools have been paying attention to you even with your injury. Um, it didn't affect me. It didn't affect me at all. Um, they, they felt the same way about me before my injury. So that, that's, that also helped. Where are you now in your rehab process? Well, actually I'm at, I'm at physical therapy as we speak. <laughs> I hope they give you so. some good news. Yeah, um, I'm I'm doing very good, you know. Um, I'm walking fine, I'm doing everything like I used to. So hopefully I'll be back in time for the season to start. Sure. And Troy, uh, you you said a minute ago you're the best corner in your area. How important is it to have that confidence as a corner, especially with the Rutgers scheme where they do all that press coverage? I mean, pressing is like one of my my favorite things to do. So that that also helped on where I wanted to go. But I've always been confident in um, my hips and pressing, so, yeah, pretty confident about that.
But before you committed to Rutgers, what other schools were on your radar? Who was recruiting you? Um, Syracuse, um, Stony Brook. I I recently got studied recruited by Notre Dame and UCLA. Now I, I hear schools like that, and I know you're committed to Rutgers now. But are you gonna look at other schools too? Like, how do you a- approach that process this off season? I mean, my loyalty lies with Rutgers because I made a commitment, so that's what I'm gonna stick with. People your age use the word commitment, and then you see them flip and go to a bunch of different schools. But at this point, you don't think that's going to be you? I highly doubt it. I'm 110% with Rutgers. Now, how about Rutgers academically? If you go to a junior day, they talk to you about the academics and the opportunities. What do you think about mm-hmm. Rutgers as a school? Just forget about football. What about the rest of the school? Um, we had on my junior day, like we took a tour around the around the um facility, you know. And they talked about all the classes that they have, and one of them was um um their media, so that that's something I'm interested in too. <clears throat> well, you're uh, you're speaking to the right person. I happen to major in media studies at Rutgers. Um, it's uh, it's an interesting opportunity, I'll tell you that. Is that something you're interested in when football is over? Um, I'm interested. I'm interested in that and um and um communications. How important is the college degree and the education when you made your decision? Some some guys just want to play football, but others are in it for the education too. I mean, my mom is a is a is like on me about that, so I want to make her proud and and get get all that for her. All right, and I ask the same uh, three questions at the end of all these interviews. You might have. A little trouble answering because Rutgers is still kind of new to you, but I'm curious from your time watching Rutgers or following the program, do you have a favorite player at Rutgers? I don't have a favorite player now, but I, when Ray Rice was there, you know, he was my favorite player. Oh, yeah, another New York guy, right? Yeah. What uh, What would you say is your favorite memory when you think about Rutgers? I'm guessing it might have been your commitment this week. Yeah, because I, I was the first 2018 on recruiter uh, commit, so that was that put a smile on my face. How important was it to be the first guy? I mean, it's your job now to be a leader in that class. I mean, on my team, on my team, I'm I'm, I'm a junior, a junior captain, so being a leader is um, what I'm meant to be. And here's my last question, and it's the most important question you're going to get all day. If uh, if you get to eat one more meal, what's your favorite meal? Like, is it a restaurant or something your mom makes? Like, what would you want to go to for your last meal? Mm, that's a good question. <laughs> I told you it would be um, tough. I would have to say my mom's macaroni and cheese. That's a good answer. Nice and uh, nice and healthy. Help you stay in shape. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Well, congratulations on your commitment, and I appreciate you. you joining the show today. I appreciate you for having me. Well, thanks again to my guest there, the first member of the Rutgers 2018 recruiting class. And you know what? By my math, which isn't great, to be frank, I did go to Rutgers. By my math, that's the youngest guest that we've had so far. I like to have a variety of guests on this show And I I think that you can get a little insight into how crazy or quick recruiting can go down with the way that he answered some of those questions. He handled it well. He seems like a very mature 
guy for his age, but it's a long way to go until 2018 signing day, and I'm interested to see both what happens with his recruitment as he's coming off the ACL and if he can be the leader that he wants to be in the 2018 recruiting class for Rutgers. Like I mentioned in the open of the show, we're going to just have a quick mailbag segment here before we close out episode 39, and I'm diving into the email ranks right now. You can reach me at shelman at scout.com. And you know what? Speaking of scout.com, let me tell you about an opportunity that we offer real quick before we jump into the mailbag. Our premium Scarlet Report members get a lot more than just access to a message board and access to ask me questions, ask Brian questions, read our articles. Our members also get 10% off tickets and 10% off Rutgers gear through our tabs. So if you're looking to get a discount, either it's maybe you're going to pre-buy some tickets, maybe you want to go check out the Knicks or any sort of event, concert, you can go there pre-Christmas, pre-holidays and do some shopping. The same goes for our Rutgers gear tab. Maybe you want to get a hoodie or a jersey for that special member of your family. You can do that as a Scarlet Report member and also new members to our family that join for a year are welcome to a subscription to Sports Illustrated included in the package. For all interested fans, and I thank those that reach out to me weekly, you can contact me at shelmanatscout.com. Speaking of my email address, that's where this question came from this week, and it is the basis of our mailbag. The question is, what are the best and worst parts of Chris Ash's first year at Rutgers? Well, first off, thanks for the question. I, I like the big picture opinion kind of questions in these. It's easier to answer, and it's not something that makes sense to hide for just our members. I'm, I'm happy to discuss here. And you know me, I'm Mr. Positive, so that's where we're going to start. I think that the thing that Chris Ash did best this year was that he stuck to his guns. Now, let me explain what I mean by that. Chris Ash, he came in with a plan, and he looked at what was broken at Rutgers and decided what things were the most important things to fix, and he started with the most important, and he just went to work. Now, it starts with relationships. I mean, you guys know how bad relationships were at this time 13 months ago, whether it's with high school recruits, high school coaches, high school parents, uh, people within the Rutgers administration and academic oversight in, you know, tutors in Old Queens, in Old Queens Tavern, all of the above. There were issues, and Chris Ash said, you know what, we got to fix these first. So he pretty much scrapped everything and started over. And I know that for a lot of people, it wasn't fun to see, it wasn't fun to see that many departures with staff members, to see the kinds of changes, and also just to see the way that at times Chris Ash talked about his talent roster or what he inherited as a program. I get that that can be frustrating, but I think that was the best thing he could have done because... Look, I, I've been around Rutgers just about every day for 10 years now, and even I didn't realize how bad things were until this last off season. So I think that Chris Ash did what he had to do, and instead of and instead of taking the easy way or the shortcuts, I mean, heck, you heard him talk Wednesday about his opinion of junior college players. Instead of taking it easy, he he took a risk because 
two and ten and that season that was not fun and they're gonna lose season ticket holders they probably lost fans it was not an easy year for Rutgers in any way and that was the risk he took to start over and build this from the ground up now that you have the base that you want now that you're getting respect back behind the scenes it's time for Rutgers to take that step forward and get respect back on the gridiron the other thing I like, and I expect a lot of you all to disagree with me, and that, that's totally fine. You know, we all have our opinions, and they all count equally. I like that he's bringing the entire coaching staff back, or has at least said that he wants to do so. I don't think that it's fair to judge any coach completely based on what we saw in the first year. That was a change for a lot of people. This was a big change, and every coach needed to adjust to it the same way that every player needed to adjust to it. There's clearly some strengths and some weaknesses on the staff as recruiters or on the field or development or getting along with the kids and, you know, all that stuff. Rutgers is far from perfect, and when you look at what these guys are making financially compared to what Ohio State coaches and LSU coaches and USC coaches are making, of course it's not the same. But I think that getting some continuity for the first time in a long time is going to be huge for this program. If, if Rutgers somehow breaks the streak of one-by-one one offensive coordinator after offensive coordinator revolving door, I think that's the biggest thing that could happen for the Rutgers offense since, I don't know, probably since Ray Rice committed. So I like that as well. As far as what I don't like about what Chris Ash's first year, I think that it kind of goes back to what I said when he was hired and my first impressions after the press conference. I thought he did a great job. I thought he said all the right things, but I think he underestimated how different Rutgers is from the rest of the world. You you all get it. Like if you're a Rutgers fan, if you went to Rutgers like I did, you get that Rutgers isn't your normal college. There's a lot of weird here. There's a lot of politics here. I've never met the kinds of personalities in my life anywhere that I've met at Rutgers. It's not Ohio State. It's not Arkansas. Fans don't grow up cheering for Rutgers. Greg Schiano tried to change that, and Chris Ash is trying to change that, but this isn't a state that was born to support Rutgers as a fan base. And I think that they've, they're learning that, but I think that early on they underestimated exactly what that means. I mean... Once the media access started changing and other sports started popping up, uh, the media coverage dropped significantly for Rutgers. By the end of the year, there were only three or four of us there every day. Honestly, I think that me and Ryan Dunleavy from NJ.com and J.P. Pelsman from the Asbury Park were the only three guys that really stayed in it every day until the end of the year. That's definitely something that Chris Ash didn't expect, I would bet, coming from Ohio State where you got 30 guys watching practice every week. That, that kind of stuff, those kinds of adjustments, that's what year two is about, though. Because while he's so focused on fixing the, the major problems, now that Chris Ash has addressed a lot of those problems, I think he's going to be able to go to the next level when it's fixing problems on the field, uh, building stronger relationships, and learning what Rutgers is all about. I think that Ash has shown he can learn, and I think that it was a solid first year for him, despite the 2-10 and record. Looked no farther than where the recruiting class is right now. 
But I guess that's the best way of answering your question as far as what I didn't like about Chris Ash's first year. I would just say it was quite the adjustment to Rutgers. Rutgers ain't Ohio State. And that's not just about Chris Ash. That's about anyone that comes to Rutgers for the first time, whether it's Hayden Reddick transferring from LSU. Uh, best of luck to Hayden, by the way. A big fan of his, and I, I hope that he's able to find some playing time. Whether that's coaches coming in from the NFL whether that's any kind of transfer, Rutgers takes time to adjust. And I would hope that this offseason, the Rutgers coaching staff takes that next step. And going off topic now, uh, the question for me was, what is my favorite sport to watch when I'm not covering Rutgers? P.S. You can't pick wrestling. It's not a sport. Well, first off, sir or madam, you know me very well because I would have picked wrestling in a heartbeat. Now, it's called sports entertainment for a reason, but I'm not going to scare any listeners away from going into that. Uh, so back to the question, I, I don't really watch a lot of sports outside of when I'm doing Rutgers and Big Ten stuff. I'd rather kick back and watch something incredibly stupid or just listen to a podcast or read a book. But I guess to answer the question, I'm a big NBA fan. I really started getting back into the NBA maybe three years ago when the Wizards teased me and pretended to be good for a while. But I, I love the NBA, honestly, for the same reason I like wrestling and I like a lot of stupid television, because it's ridiculous. Unlike the NFL or Major League Baseball, NBA embraces how absurd of a sport it is, and and I love that. It, it I love the drama of it, and I love how a player can be dominant one night and then disappear for two weeks. It's the nature of the league, and I guess for that reason, my answer would be the NBA. Well, I guess that's the show for this week. I appreciate everyone that's stuck with us through some of the shorter episodes. The long-form episodes and more conversations with Brian Doan or other guests will be back, but as I'm sure you can understand, recruiting is a little bit uh, hectic this time of year. Maybe in the dead period, we'll get a little longer. I think that basketball is going to be more of a focus. I'm hoping to book some basketball guests for the next episode or two, but that kind of depends on how the world turns. And so, uh, again, I appreciate everyone listening and ask if you haven't to please rate in iTunes, hit subscribe, give us a review, anything you can do to help the show. I want more, more, more and more people to be able to find the show, and I also want the show to keep existing, and that can't happen without your support. If you've already given that support, I appreciate it because I want to keep this going. I'm passionate about doing this. But enough of that. Uh, check out scarletreport.com for the latest heading into the first official visit weekend, which begins tonight. I am your host, Sam Hellman. Thanks for listening. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. 
No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.